everybody and welcome back. It is Monday, July 12th, 2021, and you're listening to episode 120 of the Can I Say Something podcast. I'm your host and a recluse with a juicy caboose, Damien. Joining me today is... Derek McDuff. Right into the show, bicycle at gmail.com, bicycle on Twitter, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, rate, interview it on Apple Podcasts, tell a friend, family member, or stranger. What's up, man? How you doing? Doing well, doing well. Nice, nice. How about yourself? Doing pretty good. I, I watched a bunch of stuff this week. Finally, we both, I think, I believe we both um, caught up with Black Widow on Disney Plus this week. Correct? I actually went out and saw it in a theater. Oh, nice. So that was... That's awesome. Yeah. Nice. How? It was pretty cool being back in a theater and yeah. seeing a big MCU movie. Yeah, yeah. It felt like a big MCU movie. We'll get, we'll get into it in a minute. But yeah, it's just... Tell, tell, tell me about that whole movie experience of actually going into a theater and having the sound and the people and everything. It was, it was like a trip. It was, you know, like being back in the before times, you know, because mm-hmm. it wasn't a crowded theater, so it was, you know, still kind of sparse, you know, and I went with uh, me and uh, basically actually the people who I do my podcast with, um, and then um, Alan's girlfriend, um, and so like the four of us, we had just kind of like middle seats in like a huge theater, and it was just like so cool just having like the sounds and effects and just everything just kind of all around you and just seeing <laughs> everything up on the screen, it was, it was like, oh man, this is what I've been missing out on. And when I, you know, I mentioned before on the show, I, you know, had been back to the theater to see Cruella and that was cool. But like, it's like this, like was a cinematic experience in a way that was not like, this is, this is a movie movie, you know, like to be seen on the big screen. Yes, exactly. That's what I felt like. I did watch it at home, but I did absolutely feel like this is, you know, a movie ass movie. <laughs> the The shows have been trying to copy that a little bit with the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Loki, I feel like, mm-hmm. it has gotten the closest to it. But yeah, there's there's something. There's a sheen. There's a magic secret ingredient to just the look and the feel of an MCU movie. Oh yeah, yeah. for sure. It's. Uh, yeah, it's definitely something special. Absolutely, absolutely. So overall today, we'll be discussing top, our top five movies that we have seen this year so far and giving a little bit more of our thoughts on Black Widow and Loki, uh, episode five, Journey into Mystery. But first, let's uh, let's talk about Richard Donner. He passed away this week at the age of 90, I believe 90, 91. Um, so yeah, what is your fir- your favorite Richard Donner movie? You got Superman, Superman 2, Lethal Weapon 1 and 2. Scrooged, Goonies. What is your favorite uh, Richard Donner film? You think? You know, I I go back and forth between probably his cut of Superman two, the original Snyder cut, you know, the <laughs> the Richard Donner Superman cut, yeah. which is this is really solid, you know, um, and Scrooged, which is just it's such a good version of the Christmas Carol. Like a Christmas Carol is just kind of like a really iconic story that you can do a lot of stuff with and. He just makes it absolutely hilarious, and a lot of it is, is thanks to just Bill Murray. Um, Maverick was fun when I was a kid. I liked Maverick yeah. a lot, um, but I think I come down to Scrooge. Like that's a movie I I usually try and watch it every Christmas. Mm. Um, it's just it's so good, you know. Um, it's just got Bill Murray, Karen Allen, just all these great comedic actors. Um, yeah, I I it's got to be Scrooge for me. Yeah, nice. We we just did. Uh a cage match this past Christmas of two Christmas movies. We did Scrooged and uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. I'm not sure mm. which one we, we decided was the better one, but yeah, that is that is a great film. Um, did a bunch of research for it. I guess um, Bill Murray and Richard Donner did not get along. I think um, Murray wanted to do you know his Murray thing of you know improving mm. and just going off script, and Richard Donner was not a fan of that at all. <laughs> so I guess they did not get along during the filming of that, but um. Yeah, just going back to the, I think I mentioned this before, but I've watched, when I was a kid, I watched basically the same 12 movies over and over again. And, and Superman and Superman 2 were definitely one of those. Um, I saw, th- you know, Superman 3 and 4, you know, the, the quality, massive drop off in those. But I remember watching those four ba- over and over again, along with Jurassic Park, Independence Day, um, the, the horror movies I talked about. But yeah, Superman was definitely on that rotation. Um, I think the first one was probably not on there as much, but I remember definitely seeing two a lot and you, and um it's, it's it's interesting to go back and look and see what what he actually changed what was the you know the stuff that the studio wanted to take wanted to take out and you know what did what did Donner uh really want to leave in there so 
be interesting to get to yeah. compare yeah. and contrast those things. So yeah, uh, rest in peace, uh, Richard Donner, one of the, one of the greats. I th- I, belo- I just mm-hmm. saw Goonies last year for the first time, so, and that was a really great great movie to watch. That's it's it's so crazy. <laughs> I, I started watching and I was like, what the fuck is this actually a kids movie? It's crazy that the the movies that are you know quote unquote for kids that came out in the eighties and that movie starts off with a fake suicide in a jail cell. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> no idea. So, so you saw it for the first time as an adult. Yeah. Did you like it? Yeah. Um, Okay, because I, yeah, I I didn't see it till I was an adult, yeah. and I was kind of like, it wasn't, I was like, oh, okay, I don't know if this is like a kid's movie, or I just missed the boat or something. Yeah. It was not, you know, up there for me in terms of Richard Donner films, but, um, so I'm, yeah, I'm interested to hear you say that. Yeah, I I was like, it's, it's again, just to watching these movies back then, now as an adult, you're like, man, these plots are, are just paper thin, there's just like... A dude just trying to get the gold, and this and this old lady and these two guys are trying to get some gold from this abandoned like ship ship thing. Like I don't even know what the hell's going on half the time. And uh, what is even kids? I, yeah, go ahead. I made a drinking game for it. Um, it was every time the Goonies say "die," you have to take a drink. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I love the like the nostalgia of like. I think I would have loved this as a kid because I always have those fantasies of like, you know, putting a actual working, um, what did he have? Like a rope going from his house to his friend's house. So there, you always have those fantasies of like, oh, yeah. you know, let's let's have like, you know, a can, a tin, a t- a tin can and string and let's have these pr- private conversations between our houses and we're going to set up all these cool like, you know, uh, things in the woods you can play on and just have this crazy like Peter Pan existence. That was always the, <laughs> that yeah, was always the yeah. thought as a kid. It, it's, it's very much like in the same category as like Hook, I feel yes. like, you know, where it is yes. kind of just like like this this iconic director making just kind of like a kid's movie, but it's like, is this a kid's movie? Like there's a lot of weird dark stuff in this. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, let's dive into a little bit to uh, Black Widow. I have some thoughts here. I guess I should open my apps here. So yeah, tell me overall, what did you think of Black Widow? I, I was impressed, you know, and it might just be, you know, recency bias because I did just see it, you know, a couple days ago, obviously, because it just came yeah. out. Um, but I saw, you know, like the opening night, you know, now they do the Thursday night previews instead of the midnight showings. Um, so I saw it there and, you know, seeing it, on, it, maybe it was just because I saw it like on the big screen like that. Like if I had rented it on Disney Plus, I don't, maybe I wouldn't have liked it as much, but I was very impressed. Um, I, I, you know, I liked it was like, but it was set, felt like it was set at the right time. It's like, okay, she's on the run. It's right between Civil War and Infinity War. I liked that it touched on stuff like human trafficking and kind of just like female rights. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of like, uh, I saw this article and was like, oh, like Joss Whedon calls, Scar- like that, there was all that controversy where Joss Whedon was like, uh, said that Scarlett Johansson or Black Widow was a, like a monster, like in the script yeah. because she couldn't have babies. And they kind of just like, were like, like they kind of like make not light of it, but it's just kind of like yeah, this is how it is, Dad. Like they kind of cut out her uterus. Just, yeah. She's just like, oh, I don't want to hear. Like you know, <laughs> yeah. all the kind of familial back and forth between, like you know that that kind of broken family. You know, like it gave me kind of uh, vibes of the Americans, especially like mm, that yeah. beginning scene, yeah. um, which I you know that's one of my all time favorite shows. But I thought overall, like it was a really just solid, like not incredible, but a very solid spy thriller. That I think was the like because they've that just has like you know all these MCU elements in it yeah and um you know they did a good job of being like okay making the stakes feel important but also you understand why like they were never mentioned before or after because you know this is set kind of in the middle of the MCU um yeah. so in you know there's some of the prequely stuff where it's like you see like oh what she's like the, she's gonna change her hair and she's gonna get the vest but it didn't feel like forced <laughs> like when they're like here han solo take this gun yeah. you know it, it felt a little more natural <laughs> but yeah just i felt like it for years they've been trying to kind of like make a really solid um jason Bourne, but like a female jason Bourne, yes, yes. and they're always they're kind of hit or miss you know like i don't love salt but i feel like this one really hit the nail on the head with that yeah, yeah, I agree with everything pretty much you said. Um, yeah, very reminiscent of recent films like Atomic Blonde. You know that that uh, Charlie mm-hmm. Theron uh, movie from from a couple of years ago. Yeah, very good. I I, I liked it a lot. The beginning gave me very uh, Terrence Malick vibes. I was like, ooh, that's that's an interesting way to start a movie. Sort of like Endgame started. 
Um, I, mm-hmm. I noticed that Rachel Weisz called Florence Pugh little one at the beginning and sort of like Thanos called Gamora. I was like, ooh, that's a weird callback for that. Um, I, w- <laughs> I want to start a, um, what do you call it, change.org petition to never have an, another Nirvana emo cover ever again in any movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> It's yeah. so bad. You know, you hear that, you hear creep all the time and stuff like that. It's just, yeah, stop, mm-hmm. stop with that, stop. It's usually in trailers. So it, it was like, you know, you get that in like a, like a soft, slow version of like nirvana or whatever you know sad you know song but like so this, this was actually in the film and i was like all right it's made the jump from the yeah. trailers to the, the actual movie now <laughs> yeah um i like the uh there was a part when she's first fighting when uh, black widow's first fighting um what's the guy's name the the enemy that they're oh. fighting Task, taskmaster yeah t- taskmaster yeah yeah and, and she does the yeah. knife drop catch combo that thing never gets old for me mm-hmm. when they did it in game of thrones and yeah. last jedi i love that love it every time <laughs> i see it i love that they made fun of the three-point pose the superhero three-point pose landing she's like you do this you do this thing what do you do you land and your legs go out and your hair flips back and she's like i don't know what that is she's like yeah you <laughs> stupid you look stupid why you do it and she <laughs> then she does it's like oh i don't like it oh <laughs> <laughs> so good it really was it was a really funny movie i thought David Harbour was really funny and just like this. Oh, he was great. Yeah, very aloof but well-meaning dad of just like, you are the greatest fighters of all time. You have, you know, deaths and your ledger is so red and I'm so proud of you. And they're just like, uh, thanks, dad, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> it's dripping yeah. with blood. Your ledger is dripping with blood. It's amazing. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I really, really like the action in this. Um, you know, like you said, the, it was very Jason Bourne with a mix of, you know, the big bombastic um, bonds of recent of recent years. But also, I think, what was she watching? She was watching uh, Moonraker. And I guess people were saying it was very, very reminiscent oh, yeah, yeah. of the end of that. I, I've seen all the Bond movies, but I, you know, very vaguely uh, remember that whatever scene they're referencing from Moonraker. So, yeah, very, very good movie, I would say. Um you know, probably mid-range uh, MCU. I feel like a lot of people are, you know, uh, it's it's weird to release it now, right? Because it took place many years ago. I think the perfect time to release this would have been right after Civil War. You know, you got that big bombastic movie, just like you have with, you know, Age of Ultron or, you know, Infinity War and you release uh, Ant-Man or you release whatever. And just, you know, a nice, a nice palate cleanser, a nice, you know, give, give us a reason to... You know, mostly connect with her situation at that time. You know, this is, you know, in the real world, it's four, five years ago. Five years have passed since the uh, events of Civil War. But in the MCU, it's what, you know, like 10 or nine or whatever it is. It would be 2023, I think is when. Yeah. So So a while. Yeah. So, you know, that that Mm. the release schedule obviously hurt a little bit. But yeah, overall, I really liked uh, I really liked Black Widow. It was, a, again, return to the big bombastic stuff that I think they're trying for, but not quite reaching with the TV shows. Yeah, no, I, I agree 100%. Yeah. So did you uh, also check out uh, Loki episode five? I did, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I really like this this one. This was amazing. I loved, love, love Richard E. Grant. He's one of these guys that I'm just now discovering. I watched, um, what was the Melissa McCarthy, uh, Can You Ever Forgive Me? Uh, that movie. Oh, I need to see that. Yeah, it was very, very good. She's she's really great in that. She needs to stop uh, making all these weird, crazy out there, <laughs> uh, you know, comedies with her husband. Just you know, do more stuff like that. Yeah. Um, Richard E. Grant is incredible. Just him just screaming, you know, glorious purpose as he's about to get eaten by yeah. that giant thing. <laughs> oh, let me ask you. Yeah, that was great. Was that giant fox thing that 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 thing's face reminds you of anything like a Disney uh, um, character uh, from a cartoon? When you first saw it, nothing in particular. Um, it, it immediately reminded me of the Cave of Wonders Guardian thing that they had to. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, I could see the, that. Just like yeah, yeah, the giant tiger head thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Just like the yeah, yeah the ju- what is it? What does he say when like Aladdin comes up? He's like, he, I don't remember. Yeah, but yeah. Just he kind of growls and he's like, oh, the, the Cave of Wonders. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, I could see that for the sure. The ruby in the rough. What was called the jewel in the rough. Oh, the diamond, bring me the diamond in the rough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, this is incredible. I love, there's, there, dude, there's so many, like, a thousand different YouTube uh, videos about just all of the, all of the different, um, you know, what do they call them? Uh, uh, 
What's the thing where you put the things? Theories? Uh, no, the, the, the... Oh, oh, uh, Easter eggs. Easter eggs, yeah. There's so many. Like, yeah, every yeah. frame, there's like a thousand of them. They, they like, right. Frog Thor. You have, <laughs> um, yeah, just so many, just in the ground, just like a quick... Thanos copter. Thanos copter, yeah. Yep. And then the the, the tower, uh, Quinn, not Quinn Tower, but it's like the tower, it's got that other guy's name on it. I can't remember. Oh, uh, yeah, Kane yeah. the Conqueror's Tower is supposed to be, I mm-hmm. guess. But, uh, yeah, just it's just so many references, and I love... Loki's just walking around, just like, hold on, hold on. I have like a thousand questions. Who are you? What's yeah. going on? Yeah, it's do. I find it very interesting that the, um, Sylvie has not mentioned Thor, especially you know, anytime up to now, but especially now when you have all of the different Lokis that they've now run into, saying like, you know, one of them killed Thor, one of them wanted to, one of them uh, triggered their Nexus event by seeking out Thor because he survived, you know, the the encounter with Thanos. By being a pile of rubble, um, yeah, it's just very interesting that that of all the Lokis that we've seen so far, Sylvie has not mentioned Thor. Why do you think that is? Well, I think that they're saving it for the the final episode. I think there's going to be some kind of Thor reveal. So, um, you know, mm. my, you will see her her brother or maybe her sister. You know, um, depending mm. on you know what they do. Yeah, uh, kind of come in in that last episode, and I think it's going to be important. And it might be Chris Hemsworth or it might be somebody else, but it'll be interesting. Yeah, yeah. It, this this whole um, series is very uh, interesting to me because they're setting up, you know, his his whole story arc throughout the entire MCU is just like you're the loser, you're the one that loses, and if you try to you know break out of that, you know, template that we set for you, we're gonna we're gonna prune you, we're gonna put you away in this other realm where you can't ever do anything again, you can't ever, you know, be better than yourself, you cannot you can't ever improve yourself. Like Richard E. Grant says, you know, we're just losers, and we're always meant to be losers forever. We're we're un we're we're broken, and we're we can't be fixed. For we're broken forever. That's a really interesting uh, idea that they're exploring there. So, yep. yeah, 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 yeah. No, I I really like how they you know kind of um. Uh, I was listening to another podcast um, where Joanna Robinson was talking about how they kind of had to, you know, they essentially, uh, Loki kind of arced out is the terminology she used yeah. and like in the MCU. And so they brought him back to this point, you know, where he was, you know, still, he hadn't gone through all of the growth that he went through in the dark world and um, Endgame and Infinity War and, you know, kind of had his full character arc. And now he's, you see him starting to go through you know, almost a parallel arc where, uh, you know, he see him going through a lot of the same character development, but, you know, for different reasons, you know, instead of going with Thor, he's with, you know, Sylvie and all. It's really interesting to see that and to see that kind of growth happening once again from a different angle. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, do you think they're setting up Sylvie to be the next uh, Loki? You know, I, I, that's a good question. I hadn't even thought of that they might be, but, because, um, you know, I, they think that she'll show up in the multiverse of madness. Yeah. I don't know that she's going to be like a major player, mm. like how, you know, I think they are setting some stuff up like, you know, with the post, I won't say exactly what happened, but there's some stuff that's setting post credits up for that in black widow yeah. that ties into one of the other shows. Yep. But, um, I think that they will, you will see kind of the implications of this last episode and of WandaVision will definitely play into multiverse of madness. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, the things they're setting up would probably be, you know, young Avengers with, uh, you know, Hawkeye is apprentice. You got, you know, maybe kid Loki or lady Loki or, you know, all of these different, you know, uh, Wanda's kids, all of these different younger versions of the, the Avengers, because, you know, you can't have Florence Pugh, Florence Pugh, of course. Yep. Yep. Her, of course. Um, because you know, you have all of the actors are like, yeah, we've done this for 10 years <laughs> and we've given yeah. you 10 years of our lives with this thing and we're going to cash out mm-hmm. and we're going to let a uh, next generation do it. So I think that's very exciting going forward. Yeah, no, it's going to be cool. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So with that, when we get to our uh, top five things that movies that we've seen this year, um, I don't know, I don't know about you, but my list, um, I try to leave out a lot of the big stuff from this year. The, the movies that came out, they came out super late. So I was considering, you know, putting stuff in there, like the, the Oscar winners of, you know, Nomad Lamb and Ari, the father, you know, things that the big, big movies that came out this year that won a bunch, bunch of Oscars, they, you know, they qualify obviously, but I wanted to, uh, you know, give, give love to some lesser known things, lesser, um, put out their things. So I have a, you know, mix of lighter fare versus heavy stuff. Um, other co-host Dion put, you know, when we were doing last year's list, I was like, yeah, just, you know, 
doesn't have to be all movies. Doesn't have to be all serious stuff. Doesn't have to be all Oscar contenders. You can drop some stuff in there too. And he had like you know the boys number one. We we mix TV shows and movies. So he's like you know boys number one. I loved it. I was like oh okay that's cool. <laughs> if you don't want to put you know the the you know serious stuff in there, that's cool too. But yeah, I have a, I have a good mix of uh, lighter stuff and uh, heavy stuff. Uh, what did you what is what are some of the uh, the stuff you set up for your list? Yeah, so I, you know, all likewise, I was like, okay, I'm not gonna, you know, because it's always kind of like fuzzy, like when stuff gets like a limited release in 2020, mm-hmm. and then it gets like a, you know, a, a uh, wide release, or no, well, not really this year, but you know, it does kind of get that like major VOD release this year. So like stuff like The Father, you know, I did, I was like, you know what, if it if it was nominated or won an Oscar last year, I'd say that makes it kind of ineligible for my list in 2021 because it was a 2020 movie in that way. Even if I didn't have a chance to see it in 2020, I'm going to still... Because um, it feels unfair to have like Nomad Land go up against, you know, mm. a lot of stuff this year has been mostly streaming stuff. So I, I do have kind of a weird eclectic li- list where um, it is kind of like... I did, you know, movies, but um, I didn't conclude... I went back and forth and like, oh, should I include some of the MCU shows? Um, but I decided ultimately not to, but some of the stuff it's like, okay, where's the line between movies and shows? Yeah, and it's kind of yeah. a blurry line. So I do have a weird mix of stuff too. Um, so, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll get more into it when it comes out, but yeah, mostly it's been, there's, you know, mostly the stuff that's come out so far this year has been streaming. Like I said, there's yeah. only been two things that I've seen in theaters cause I'm just starting to go back to theaters. Mm. So, yeah. uh, yeah. Yeah, so my list, so I'm going to start with number five, um, and it is St. Maud. It is uh, directed by Rose Glass, starring Morford Clark and Jennifer Ely. This, I love horror movies. I love really good psychological thrillers. I love all the stuff that A24 has been putting out for the past few years, and this is another one from them. Um, this is a movie about a... A nurse who becomes obsessed with, let me just, I'll just read the synopsis. It follows a pious nurse who becomes dangerously obsessed with saving the soul of her dying patient. And uh, yeah, it just gets into that sort of stuff. And she gets, um, you know, I think she might have some sort of mental illness where she's like seeing things and hearing voices. And this woman, I've never really seen her before, Moyfrey Clark. Um, look up her IMDb real quick. But yeah, she's a fantastic actress, you know. The things that I really love in act in actors is is facial movements and and expressing and conveying you know complex emotions just in their facial facial movements you know and she does that stuff really really well in this movie um, again just very very quiet moments it's quiet moments that really get under your skin um, in her room just the things she does in her room how it looks how it feels. Um, just really deeply disturbing <laughs> performance. And I will say, uh, no spoilers for this movie, but uh, this is a movie where the last frame, not the last, you know, 30 minutes or minute or 30 seconds, the last frame of this movie uh, is incredible. It's, it's, it's insane. I've never seen anything like it where, you know, a movie ends like that. So highly recommend uh, checking out St. Maud. St. Maud. Is it, is it, uh, was it released straight to VOD or is it a, something yeah. that came out on a streaming service? I believe it was uh, released on VOD and I think it may be available on Hulu right now. Oh. Okay. Yep. All right. I'll have to, I'll have to look into it then. Yeah. Cause I've heard, I've heard about it, but I didn't really know any details. Yeah. 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 So uh, looks like, looks like it's on prime video right now. It was on prime. Okay. Yep. 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 Cool. Cool. What is your number five? Yeah. So my number five, it's one we've talked about a little bit on the show before and I'm, you know, I'm, feel like this might show up on your list higher up, but um, Luca is going to mm. be my yes, number five. Nice. Um, like we've kind of said, that it is just kind of a really pleasant film, um, just kind of something that you can kind of put on and feel good for 30 minutes. It's just kind of nice, little short. Um, it doesn't feel too, like, impactful or anything. It's just kind of the story about these kids. Um, it does have kind of some of the themes that I really like on it that we didn't really touch on before is that it feels like it is kind of like a metaphor for like coming out and just kind of like the LGBT community and whether or not the director intended that or not. I think it's pretty clear there, you know, because they literally have to come out of the water and pretend to be. And, you know, people have had theories about like, oh, you know, Luca is himself is bisexual. And then his um, friend um, Alberto is, I think is his name, is gay. And like, that's kind of where that comes from. Um, but I, I really think it was uh, just a really just enjoyable film. It's on Disney Plus. So, you know, you can just go and watch it there. You don't have to pay any of the premium fees, which is nice. And it's just another good fare from Pixar. Yeah, very nice. Very well said. Yeah, it is. Again, it's one of those um, 
just light breezy little movies you can put on it's uh you know it's it's for kids like you said but it is uh you know absolutely for adults you need adults you know can dig into the themes that that you know like you said the director might not but have uh intended there intended to put in there but they actually are there of you know that that uh theme of, of othering and just being like you know the oh we're afraid of monsters and that that uh theme of using monsters and using people that don't look like you as allegories for you know lgbtq people or just you know immigrants or whatever yeah really really great film yeah. really enjoyed that yeah definitely uh, yep uh so yeah my number four was luca so that was uh <laughs> no, you you're correct that it is above there yep that was my number four what is your number four thing you've seen this year so my number four, and this is when I was like, another one, I was like, oh, okay, does this count as a movie? This came out this year or not? Like, because it's um, Zack Snyder's Justice League. Uh, and I was thinking like, <laughs> I'm like, okay, is this a separate movie? Because yeah. you think of, you know, there's always these director's cuts, you know, you have like the Lord of the Rings, which adds, you know, like Return of the King adds an hour. And you have, you know, like we were just talking about the Donner Superman cut. And those feel like the same movie but with like a different cut or like something like the Blade Runner the final cut it's a little washy but this does I think feel like a separate movie like I, it's about 75% new because it's four hours long which is way too long but um, <laughs> then only about an hour of it is the original 2017 cut and even a lot of that is very different like the coloring is completely different and you know just kind of like it's the context of everything is different the just the there's about five extra endings um it's yeah. by no means yeah. like a perfect film <laughs> um i know like the snyder fans out it's one of those things it's almost like rick and Morty, where i'm like i watch it i'm like yeah i enjoy this and then you know like i hear the fans or i hear zach snyder himself i'm like you suck though kind of and then uh <laughs> like you know the people are just like rabid just like like release the snyder cut we're gonna like kill your children like <laughs> that just makes me want to like it less yeah. but then i watch it i'm like this is actually a pretty solid, enjoyable, just superhero film. Um, you know, you I, you get Batman, you get Superman, you get all this kind of like good stuff. It feels like the Justice League that was promised. I would have probably liked a shorter version of it. Um, it feels very overindulgent, but that's kind of the point. You know, it's kind of just like this is everything that, you know, like the fanboys have wanted. And I had a fun time watching it, and it does feel like it is its own film distinct from the 2017 cut. Yeah. <clears throat> did you listen to um, the podcast I did after I watched this? Um, when I no, I, I did not. So I watched this with a commentary podcast called The Big Picture. They did a watch along mm. podcast with this. So <laughs> this is the first time I watched oh, okay. the Justice League at all, or or the extended cut, or you know uh, the Snyder cut, and uh, it was it was enjoyable. I had you know one earbud in and listened with uh, noise canceling headphones uh, over it. And uh, yeah, this this movie is wild. <laughs> I feel so yeah. bad for DC fans. I feel bad for you know Zack Snyder. I feel bad for just you know people that are fans of you know want to see another um, cinematic universe. You know, the MCU is obviously the most popular one, it's the most successful one. But I think we need more of that. I I love that idea of having interconnected stories going on at the same time. Big big blockbuster versions of of stories like that. I really wanted this to be good, and I really want the DCU EU to to succeed. But unfortunately, you know, I don't know what the future of it holds. But um, you know, it doesn't look good so far. <laughs> the future does not seem bright <laughs> yeah. so far. Um, but yeah, very yeah yeah. Go ahead. I was gonna say, yeah, you bring up a good point when you talk about like, you know, it kind of, you know, being a cinematic universe with this interconnected stuff and how we want to see that. And I do feel like this cut, you do get kind of like, it gives hints at the wider mythology of the DC universe. Cause mm. like the, like the Marvel characters are very human. You relate to them a lot where the DC characters, it's almost like a modern day mythology where it's like these gods that are like up above us, you know, and that's, you know, Snyder really heavily leans into that. And I think, you know, he's, he would not be a good Marvel director, but I think he's the mm. perfect director for a film like this and just seeing this kind of like you know like especially when i want to see just a whole movie about like the old days where it's like you know they have that fight with uh dark seed and it's you know you have the ancient amazonians and you get to see like yeah. the ancient olympians like you see hercules and you know zeus and you say like a like a cameo from david theolis from um who's playing aries mm -hmm. and you're uh, he plays aries in wonder woman you're like oh there he is and stuff and it just 
so cool to see all that kind of just like, you know, like that world building that went on to kind of go in this movie, kind of put back into it. And I, I really liked it then more than the themes that Joss Whedon was like, oh, there's a thing that it, it's fear and just whatever. <laughs> like, I really liked this version a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. It's so crazy to look, go, go back and look at the, um, the first cut, like certain scenes in the first one, he just like overlapped with this one. I guess there was something where, Wonder Woman was doing something in the original cut and he, he re- re-edited it so that she cuts off um, that guy's head. I forget what the the villain of the movie was called um, that they kill at the end. Uh, oh, um, uh, Steppenwolf. Steppenwolf, yeah. She cuts, right? yeah, yeah. She cuts off his head in this version, but she was doing something completely different in the other one, but he just like overlaid the animations on it. It was fucking crazy. You gotta watch that video. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just, it's it's wild, dude. I love, I love the, um, the inclusion of that flash scene where he saves um his girlfriend i guess or the oh, girl I- iris yeah west i guess iris was yeah. yeah yeah exactly i love that i love that scene i think they that was one of the big ones that they left out of the theatrical version mm-hmm. yeah there's a lot there's a lot here to like i really do enjoy Zack Snyder's style you know i i think the first yeah. 20 minute or the first you know opening credits of watchmen is some of the most you know interesting aesthetically pleasing um uh you know things that he's done i think he's a really he would be a really great i think he is a really great um you know music video director um i think sucker punch had again there's those really interesting visuals all of his movies are very interesting to look at but you start digging down into the plot and just like that none of, none of this makes any <laughs> sense none of it man come on yeah. <laughs> um even especially the part where they're burying all of the all of the cubes and the atlanteans mm. are guarding it with this giant pyramid and who out the the Amazonians have put it underground or put it into this giant coliseum, and then the man just puts it into the ground. It's just like six feet. Right, I'm like it's like like it's like a two foot hole. I was like, you're not even gonna dig it a little. Deep. I was like, that's a really shallow hole that you're digging. I remember like saying that when I was watching the movie. Like, so there's some, you know, it's like a lot of Zack Snyder stuff. It's like this this is pretty dumb, you know. But yeah. like, you could definitely still like kind of like it's cool and it's dumb fun. You can kind of enjoy it. Um, more than, I mean, I wasn't, I watched also his Army of the Dead movie mm. and I did not have as much fun with that one. This mm. one was a lot more because it's kind of like bombastic and fun and just kind of, yeah. you know, like you, you enjoy the characters and it feels a lot less bleak. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was a ride, man. It was a, I don't, I don't think I've ever seen a four hour movie. Well, no, that's not, that's not true. I saw, I watched, um, Return of the King last year, the extended cut. So mm. it was the second four hour movie I saw, but yeah, it's an experience. That's, that's all I can say. I, I am glad I experienced it <laughs> i have that yeah. in my brain yeah. now so yeah yeah it's not something i'm gonna go back to no. you know the four-hour cut of this yeah. but you know i would go back to it before i'd go to back to some other four-hour movie i would go back to it before i'd go back to you know gone with the wind or yeah. you know something like that yeah yeah very audacious i applaud your audacious mr uh mr snyder your, your, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's good to see him you know have his vision yeah. you know um resolved after he went through like kind yeah. of the family tragedy yeah. and stuff and had to step away so it's it's you know it's like okay good um you know yeah i'm glad we got to kind of and it's, it's an interesting kind of like, like wait like you can look at it as like you can tell exactly what he did and what we did whereas you watch something like you know ant-man the first ant-man and um you can't really tell like well okay what was peyton reed and what was mm. um was uh what's his name uh edgar, right edgar, um, edgar right yep edgar right thank you i was gonna say joe right i'm like mm. that's wrong <laughs> um but uh yeah so you can't really tell but like in this now you can distinctly be like all right this is what this director this was this director and it's really cool to kind of like have that viewpoint of it mm. yeah yeah exactly exactly um so by number three is another round uh it won best international feature at this year's oscars uh stars, stars uh directed by thomas vinterberg stars mad mickelson magnus mclong and thomas bo larson is about a group of school teachers who come across this theory that people uh function better on a little bit of alcohol i think they said you know point two whatever you know their blood level blood alcohol level um um, they talked about how, you know, it was some scientist theory that they that they picked up on, but also they talk about how 
Um, specifically, you know, uh, Churchill was always drunk and look at what he did and stuff <laughs> like that. Um, I am deeply fascinated by movies like about con men, but also people, you know, trying to live a quote unquote normal life while also hiding a secret, you know, or, or mm. you know, trying to operate on two levels at once. And this is a this is a version of that where, you know, they're coming to school drunk, trying to teach drunk, trying to have relationships while drunk, while, you know, and obviously keep trying to keep it <laughs> somewhat yeah. under control and uh, no spoilers for this movie, but it does go off the rails quite a bit. And, um, huh. you know, I just, uh, I enjoy, you know, I don't quote unquote enjoy it, but I, I find it deeply fascinating. These stories about people that just absolutely destroy their lives and what they do afterwards. How do they pick up the pieces after after they completely destroy their life? So, yeah, I, I would highly recommend uh, watching another round if you haven't seen it. It's been I've been meaning to get to it, because, yeah. and especially since they put it on Hulu. Yeah, because I love Mads Mikkelsen. Mm-hmm. Like I'm a really big fan of his, and I'm also well, I'm also like you know I like a little bit of drinking. Yeah, so I was like, <laughs> this is a movie that's perfectly made yeah. for me. And you know, when I did my um, year end list last year um, with me and a couple of, uh, the people from my podcast, it was on um, my friend Ariel's list. Mm-hmm. Um, it was one of her top five. Um, cause yeah, it was one of those movies that kind of like, it's like, oh, was this a 2021 or a 2020 movie? Yeah. Um, so it's been one, like she recommended it to me and I've been meaning to watch it since I just haven't gotten to it yet, yeah. but I, I do need to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Mad, Mads Mikkelsen is such a, such an interesting actor cause you know, he came out pretty much with the, with the Bond stuff and he was Hannibal in the mm-hmm. show and he was, you know, in what was the, uh, uh, Rogue One. He was in that. It's yeah. Just a, just a fascinating guy. Just, yeah. I lo- love that guy. Love the love. yeah definitely yep yeah, yeah. uh, so what is your number three thing you've seen this year? So uh, my number three and um, I'm it's kind of I'm kind of cheating because it's not completely out yet yeah, um, at the time we're recording this yeah um, but uh, it's last year when I did my top five I had a uh, it was like a video series that you could basically it was basically a movie mm-hmm. um, split up into different parts released. Um, online uh, by SB Nation, which is they are kind of a sports YouTube um, channel slash publication. Um, so I had them on my list, and I mentioned that before the history of the Seattle Mariners. Um, another team from SB Nation is right now doing uh, one called Chosen, which is uh, they do this series called Re- uh, Rewinder, where they kind of look at a iconic moment in sports history, and then they tell you what's been le- what led up to this moment, all the different. Things that led up to this, it might be like a final shot in the end of a game, or it might be, you know, you know, like something else. Just kind of just like this one preserved perfect moment in history that everybody remembers, like you know, Michael Jordan making that mm. shot at the end of, you know, regulation or whatever. Um, and this one is just kind of about the Cleveland Cavaliers winning their first title ever, and the city of Cleveland winning their first title. And I think it was like forty six years. And it's a full, it's a feature length movie. Um, so far, parts one and two have been released that have. The first part has kind of been like a rewind on Kyrie, Kyrie Irving, but it also just kind of was like about the first part of the the Cavs history. The second one was kind of a rewind a little bit on Kevin Love, but it was mostly on the uh, history of the kind of 90s and how Michael Jordan just dominated the Cavs. Mm. And so the third part is going to be on LeBron James and him kind of coming to Cleveland and them, you know, going up against the 73 and 9 uh, Warriors and kind of just ha- making the shot that sinks the 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 series and just kind of clinches everything. Um, so it's been really interesting if you know you are a big sports fan like me and if anybody liked the Last Dance, it's kind of like almost like a low budget version of that. Mm. Um, so without any like talking heads or anything. Um, so I've really been enjoying that. I'm um, I'm keeping it kind of here in the middle on the three spot um, for now because you know reserving my judgments for the. The final part um but i've really enjoyed it so far nice that's awesome i um not a sports guy at all <laughs> i feel like if i was <laughs> if i was ever to become you know like a culture critic uh, i feel like most of the prominent uh, people that do it these days you have to have you know this this you know myriad of interest it has to be you can't just be like yeah i'm just a movie guy or i'm just a tv guy or i'm just a music mm-hmm. guy you have to have you know eclectic uh you know interest in everything especially sports i think that's a lot of a lot of, a lot of what uh the guys on the ringer uh network do they do a lot of movie stuff but it's all they always they always drop in a little bit of like you watched that game last night the game of the foots and the balls and whatever's and i'm like yeah no i didn't <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's, that's really cool, man. I, while I was into, you know, 
baseball for a long time before the Red Sox won in 2004. I watched pretty much every game with my dad. So yeah, I was I was uh, you know baseball guy for a while there, but yeah, I just totally totally dropped off. <laughs> if there's if the, yeah. I watch the Super Bowl, I watch you know final NBA finals, I watch the Olympics, but yeah, just uh, yeah. Unfortunately, nothing. I've never really uh, dipped my toe deeply into uh, into basketball. So, but yeah, that sounds that sounds super well, interesting. Think, yeah, well, I think that like you know the really good sports documentaries and just good sports movies in general. Um, and this one I would definitely include. Kind of like even if you're not a sports fan, mm. will capture you in yeah. your attention. Like I remember watching one of the thirty for thirties with my brother, and he doesn't care at all about sports, but he was just like, wow, like. I'm so invested in this. Like, I really care about like Reggie Miller and what's going on with him right now and his personal story because, you know, that's kind of almost the more interesting things about sports is, you know, all these kind of like deeper stories, like then just like the points on the board. It's just like, well, how did we get here? Like, do we think of LeBron as a hero or a villain or whatever it might be? And it's kind of like uh, in, I don't know if you're familiar with the Brooklyn Nine Nine at all. I haven't watched that, no. Okay, well, there's like the the Captain Holtz. Um, he's mm. kind of uh, the captain he of the you know the precinct or whatever. He's just like, are you familiar with Moneyball? And he's just, it's a and he's like, oh, I didn't know you liked baseball. And he's like, I don't. It's a movie about statistical analysis. Just, you know, <laughs> kind of like <laughs> so. That's that kind of whole thing where I think you know if it is a really good narrative, um, even if you're not a sports person, you can really appreciate it. Yeah, nice. Um, so where can you watch that? Uh, that's just on YouTube. So yeah, it's oh. free on YouTube. Oh, nice, nice, nice. Uh, Chosen, it's called Cho- just like Punch and Chosen SB Nation, and it should show up. Um, parts one and two are up. Part three is probably dropping pretty sometime mm-hmm. pretty soon, I think. So nice, nice, yeah. very cool. Uh, my number two is Bo Burnham's Inside, and again, we're talking a lot about what is a movie these days. What is a uh, mm-hmm. you know it's a feature film? Um, but yeah, Bo Burnham's Inside is if you don't know what it is, it's a quote unquote comedy special. Again, like what is it? It's a I guess the easiest way to categorize it would be a comedy special because there are jokes, there are, you know, bits and, and skits and joke and, you know, somewhat structured jokes in here. But yeah, I think this is a, I, I talked about this a couple weeks ago when I saw it. Uh, it was a, it's a masterpiece. It really is. It was just such a um, time capsule for the time that we were living in with, you know, 2020 and the pandemic. And I think it's really interesting that it, it is about that, but he never specifically says the word pandemic or any or COVID or anything like that. But you can, you know, if you go back and watch this in 20 years, be like, yeah, that he's in there because, you know, there was a <laughs> worldwide pandemic. So he had to stay in his room. He really wanted, he talks about it at the beginning of being like, yeah, I haven't been touring. I have such, you know, anxiety and nervousness going up on stage. I stopped doing it for like five, six years and I was ready to go back on the road in 2020. And then everything happened. And <laughs> yeah, so um, yeah, just really genius thing. It, it touches on a lot of the things that I'm interested in right now with the streaming, Twitch streaming culture of, you know, people watching people play games, people commenting on them playing games, the, you know, internet uh, culture of, you know, harassment and how how entertainers and content content creators put things out and how they interact with their audience and how things are how their content is perceived and how how talking about privilege and talking about how, you know, I under, yes, I'm a straight white man and I don't feel like I have anything valuable to add to the conversation about the about black experience or police brutality or any of these things. But I want to so badly and I am afraid to put these things out there and I <laughs> try to head this off and say yeah. that I am a straight white man. And it's just, it's, it's so intimate. It's so personal. It's so emotionally impactful. It's, it's one of the most incredible things I've seen in a long time. Yeah. It's been, it's another one of those things where it's just like, I need to check it out. Um, mm. You know, I have a lot of stuff that I've watched and I'll get into this a little more like recently has been stuff for podcasts. So yeah. um, I haven't, gotten to watch as many things that I've wanted to just kind of outside of that realm. And this has been kind of like on my list of like, I really need to check this out. So I will probably check it out pretty soon. Um, I'm really big fan of his, you know, like I I think he's a really um, very insightful stand up comic. I thought he was great in promising young woman. So this is definitely on my list. Yeah. Yeah. Things to watch. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, What is your number two thing of the year? So my number two is uh, when we had just kind of, touched on earlier in the show and that was black widow and like i said oh, nice. it might be a recency bias yeah. it might be because i'm finally seeing something marvel on the big screen again but i just had so much fun with this movie and you know you know it movies are meant to just kind of just be seen and 
you like you can like it does give you that like kind of action and fun stuff but it also makes you think about the world in a deeper way while still being kind of just like a fun superhero su- film so i feel like it's doing a lot of things really well um you know not too much more to say other than what we said at the top but mm. black widow is for now you know i know there's gonna be a lot more stuff that comes out but it's definitely number two on the list for me wow all right nice uh before i get to my number one i just want to mention a couple uh also a couple of honorable mentions um we talked about uh promising a woman you just mentioned that that was one of my, my favorite things i saw this year uh, pieces of a woman is a really um just soul crushing uh movie about a woman uh losing her baby during pregnancy and the things that are involved there the you know the trauma of that and also blaming she her husband wanted to sue the um midwife that helped deliver the baby and so there's the all the stuff going on with that the conflict with that it's really really great performance by um i know it was um shia labeouf which he was fine in i like him sort of <laughs> in bits and pieces yeah. uh so pieces of, i think he, i think he's a good naturalistic actor yeah yeah uh vanessa kirby played the played the played martha oh that. she's great i love her she's really really great uh, i didn't know she was in that yeah you also have ellen bernstein um and Benny Safdie, one of the Safdie brothers, is in that as an actor. Mm. So he's really good in that. So, yeah, uh, that was my number six. Uh, number eight was The Assistant. It was this little uh, indie movie that came out last year about uh, a woman working in you know office culture. And she doesn't really experience um, sexual harassment herself, but it you know t- t- tangentially hears stories about it happening. And just the whole culture of that and the, the way in which we don't really believe victims and how hard it is to even you know, sit down with somebody and be like, hey, can we just like head this off the pass? I think something might be happening. The guy just be like, there's, I can just, there's like 200 people waiting behind you for this job. So no. <laughs> that scene is so sinister really where he's is. just like, yep. Oh my God. Yeah. The guy from, he's just so evil and so bland at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. The guy from uh, Succession, I forget what his name was, but yeah, he's so good in that scene. Um, that I want to quickly mention, Greenland with uh, Gerard Butler was a surprise uh, movie that I saw this year. Surprisingly, liked it very much. Has it's one of those uh, uh, asteroids about to hit, hit Earth, and uh, it's one long uh, like day into night. Um, they have to escape. I think it was like L.A. or something, but it get on a plane and escape uh, before their entire uh, town is destroyed by an asteroid. It was, it was surprisingly good. Very good. I've heard really, yeah, that's what I've heard a lot of, like, people are like, oh, like, I usually don't like these movies, but this one was really solid. Yeah, 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 yep. Um, then lastly, uh, Judas and the Black Messiah, I did want to mention one Oscar winner from this year, because I thought it was so, so good. Um, fortunately, I can't think of anybody's name right now, but um, uh, Dan Kalua was amazing in that, obviously, and mm-hmm. the rest of the cast was amazing, and it's one of those movies that, one of those movies and one of those um, an events that you just feel like, God damn, they should really teach this shit in history class because it is so, <laughs> it is so important because you hear about, you know, uh, Martin Luther King and Malcolm X, and there are so many other stories out there, just like uh, Fred Hampton, who was one of the most prominent, important um, individuals in the civil rights in the 60s and it's just it's shocking to me and infuriating that people like him just are are left out of the conversation. So, yeah, Judas yeah. the Black Messiah was an incredible, incredible film. Lakeith Scanfield was amazing. Jesse Plemons, incredible. Dominique Fishback, yeah, the entire cast was amazing in that. So, that uh, that was my honorable mentions. And my number one is Mitchell's Risen of the Sheen. So, this gets back to my my thoughts at the beginning about how I wanted a mix of, of lighter fare and, and heavy stuff. Um, I watched this twice, and it is it is so great. It is, has that... Um, that energy and that feel of the Lego movies that I like so much and the Into the Spider-Verse, just constant, bam, 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 joke joke here, reference here, you know, thing happening in the background. The dog was, was fucking hilarious and the daughter <laughs> and, the, and the son and just there's there's so much stuff going on all the time. There's the kinetic energy of the car just going off the road and the robots are funny and just, yeah, I, I love this movie so much. Uh, so that is my number one, Mitchell's versus the Machine. Um, nice. Yeah, I, I just watched that like yeah. earlier today. So nice, nice. <laughs> I, I really, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's 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 a definitely an honorable mention for mm. me. Like I like all the stuff you said. I think you really nailed it. Um, I thought the kind of chemistry, the, all the actors were in it had great chemistry with each other, and just kind of the voice performances were great. I love the 
very quirky art style that, you know, you know, it's got that Lord Miller thing going on where it did feel kind of reminiscent of Into the Spider-Verse, especially when you get to the end and you're in the robot factory and it's got all those neon lights and stuff. So, yeah, I, I really adored this movie. Yeah, yeah, very good. What is your number one thing you've seen this year so far? All right, so yeah, that so that was my honorable mention. I'll just give my two other honorable mentions yep. before I go into my number one, sure. um, and that w- the other honorable mentions were Boss Level, which is you know a I love that movie, another one of those time it. loop movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I love jo- Joe uh, Callahan. Was it Carnahan? Joe Can- Carnahan, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, all of his stuff is I think he makes just really smart action. Like he makes the be- the smartest dumb action films you'll ever see. Oh yeah, and uh, I, uh, Boss Level is just you know really taking that kind of simple Groundhog's Day concept and just doing it in a cool action movie. Um, the other honorable mention that I have um, is uh, Godzilla vs. Kong, which is just, nice. you know, it's a cool big monster movie, yep. you know, like, I feel like that, you know, is maybe the only other really cinematic universe that's worked a lot, and this is the first time they've actually crossed over, yep. Yep. so I do, you know, hope they get to they get some more, you know, MonsterVerse stuff. This was cool, though. A little long, but I did enjoy it. Mm-hmm. But my number one... Uh, is the Steven Soderbergh film No Sudden Move. Oh, wow. um, it's just a uh, HBO Max original. Mm. But yeah, I, I've mentioned on this podcast before that I'm a really, really big Soderbergh fan. I think he's especially good when he's kind of doing like heisty type thriller movies. Um, this is just one of those movies where you are just kind of really along for the ride and you're like, okay, this person's going over here and you're never really sure what's happening who's working for who and it's even a little hard to track sometimes but you just you kind of get the gist of it and it's like in that classic Soderbergh fashion like things will be happening and characters are asking questions and then he'll kind of have like an exposition scene at the end where it's like everything kind of clicks and makes sense and you're like oh so that's and it and it's kind of it's it's like oh it's kind of telling you like yeah like you can try but like the big the big guys are going to kind of push you down and just it's kind of like a more just kind of like oh yeah like we really like the you know don't trust like corporate america and stuff like that and mm. it's set in the 50s in detroit so that's a very you know important thing and it's just about these kind of small town criminals who just kind of like stumble into something really big and they just keep going higher and higher and higher up until they're at the end of the movie they're just kind of like at the like main guy and <laughs> you're never really sure who's working with who and who you can who anybody can trust and it's just got great performances across the board people keep showing up and you're like Oh, Ray Liotta's in this? Like, oh, this person is this? Oh, this person's in this? You know, <laughs> like, consistently. And I was kind of like, oh, that's Brendan Fraser. I didn't even recognize him at yeah. first because it's been so long since I've seen him or anything. Yep. But, yeah, uh, I really can't recommend enough No Sudden Move, um, especially if you're a fan of, like, just really interesting thrillers, especially crime thrillers. Definitely check out No Sudden Move. Nice. Awesome. Yeah, I really want to check this out. I, this is one of those where I always like, yes, I got to watch that. And I turn on uh, my TV and I'm like, wait, what was I going to watch? Shit, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> um, I heard a clip from this movie. Um, Don Cheadle was talking. Did he have like some sort of inflection or do we think that's his voice from now on? Did he did he like get stuck in the uh, Miles Davis voice? Well, what is that? Right. I felt like he's just kind of trying to do like an old time. This is an old time in Detroit guy. Yeah. You know, old time in Detroit. This is how we talk back in Detroit. You know, just I think that's what he was doing, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's so many people in this. David Harbour, Kieran Culkin, Julia Fox, mm-hmm. Nisa del Toro, uh, John Hamm. Just, yeah, just so many people. I'm definitely going to probably check this out after we're done here. Um, and then, so that is our uh, top five things that we've watched this year. Um, I want to circle back because we had I had a couple things to talk about before we started the list. Um, just want to say real quick that they talked about how Black Widow, um, the director, uh, Lexi Alexander, or sorry, no, the, the director of Black Widow was Keith Shortland, and they were saying how, a bunch of news outlets were saying that that is the first solo female director of a Marvel film. And I guess uh, Lexi Alexander in 2008 directed uh, Punisher Warzone, which uh, one of my favorite critics um oh what is it i just had his name in my head and it completely escaped um david uh something chen uh i'll think of it but um he was talking about how um it's an incredible movie it looks incredible incredible action um really great movie i'll probably check that out pretty soon then you had anna bowden and ryan fleck directing captain marvels that wasn't technically a solo Mm -hmm. female director but yeah i thought that was interesting um, and so a couple of things I've watched this week that I wanted to mention, uh, Magic Mike, speaking of, uh, Soto Berg, I finally caught up with, finally saw that the I other day. I love that movie. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. It's so, so good. Channing Tatum needs to do more stuff like that. Um, get away, mm-hmm. get away from the action stuff. Sort of like, um, what's his name? Uh, Chris Pratt. 
should probably also do the yeah, same thing. Yeah. Yep. Um, and also checked out Boys in the Hood for the first time. That was on Netflix. Uh, I saw that the other day, so that was very good. And I rewatched Jurassic Park after we got done talking the other day, and it, <laughs> and it is, uh, yeah, it's still incredible. What did I say the other day? It was just, it, it's so funny about the, um, oh, there was something. Oh, we were just talking about, so I, actually, let me say real quick, I left uh, work the other day because we were so short-handed and there's just the mm. whole hullabaloo about uh, uh, at work, but a lot, bunch of drama. But I was just re-watching it in the context of that and that, that part where Ned is talking to Hammond and he's like, you know, do, it, do you know anybody that can debug two million lines of code in about under two hours? Because if you do, I would love to meet them for the for the money you, for the money you pay me for the money you pay me I know there's nobody else there's nobody else and Tim is like I'm I'm sorry about your financial uh, distress but it is really not my problem <laughs> it's just these well everybody talks about the um you know the, the the movies about you know the hubris of man to try to control and contain in nature and how it's gonna you know life life uh, finds a way but nobody really talks about the you know hubris of capitalism or the uncontrollable you know um you know, the, the machine of capitalism and how that's really what was driving his, his, uh, goal here. What Hammond was just trying to, you know, make this park and bring in all, all these, you know, investors and bring in as many people as possible. And you do have that part where the lawyer's like, you know, we could charge, you know, 5,000 or $10,000 a ticket, whatever people will pay it. And the Hammond's like, well, you know, I was thinking about, you know, average people coming into the park and he's like, well, we'll have a coupon day or something. (laughs) It's just like, nobody ever really talks about the, 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 the side of capitalism plays in the creation of that park. But yeah, still, still great, still amazing. Um, oh yeah. Yep. Yep. So, what have you watched this week? So yeah, I've uh, watched. Um, I did watch a couple of movies that came out in 2020, like I just mentioned, Mitchell's mm-hmm. versus the Machine, or mm-hmm. 2021, uh, like Mitchell's versus the Machines, um, and then Black Widow. I saw this week, but some older stuff that I also got around to watching. Uh, so I'm a big Coachella fan. I watched this documentary called Coachella: 20 Years in the Desert because um, I'm actually going to be on it. Uh, another podcast talking about Coachella, so I was watching it, and it's interesting. Um, it's kind of like if you're a fan of Coachella, you'll like it. It's definitely not like you know the sports documentaries I'd mentioned earlier. Um, it's more like if you're only gonna like this if you're a Coachella fan, because it's clearly a Coachella documentary made by the people who run Coachella about how great Coachella is. And so from you know that aspect, me being like somebody who's really interested in music festivals and stuff, I did enjoy it. Kind of is a glimpse into history. Um, the one that I watched th- this week that I really, really enjoyed was the 2005 version of Pride and Prejudice, mm. which I had never seen, um, you know, because I got it. I was talking to a friend at work and she had kind of mentioned like that we were talking about Kira Knightley and she mentioned that it's her favorite movie. And it's like, you know, I've never seen it. And it was so good to just sit down and watch something not for a podcast. It just kind of like, yeah, OK, like I'm here. And I'm just like enjoying this and I could, don't have to worry about like thinking about any reviews or anything. I could just sit and watch this like really just like not quaint isn't the right word but just kind of this nice romantic tale based on a Jane Austen thing from 2005 and it's just all got all these great character actors in it um just everybody playing Jane's sisters is great and just kind of all the you know Donald Sutherland plays her dad and you know the romantic lead so I I really just had a good time just and I love being kind of sucked into that Victorian world um so it's really just like kind of like all the costume porny stuff I guess it's I don't know if pre-Victorian I guess technically but um something that it did really well that I think that I do love like movies like Emma and stuff like that where like wow look at how immaculate (laughs) this all looks yeah and this was like that but like real this was like Emma kind of feels like a little heightened reality whereas everyone's kind of like you know it's very much like look at these amazing costumes like Marie Antoinette same kind of thing yeah whereas this is like yeah it's got all these costumes but it looks like they are actually living in this like time period. They're a little bit dirty, you know. They're a little bit yeah. grungy, you know. Yeah. And, you can, and so I did enjoy that aspect. Um, great performances. I really bought the love story. Um, I watched it actually with somebody who's a literature teacher, and um, she, you know, she had read Jane Austen and she'd seen the, the BBC version, um, but she'd never seen this version. And she was kind of like, okay, they changed this and this and this, but actually I see why they did. It all makes sense in yeah. like, you know, movie context. So uh, if you haven't seen uh, 2005's Pride and Prejudice, um, I'd recommend watching it because um, I really had a fun time with it. I'm glad I finally got to check it off my list. Nice. I We watched this last year with Emma back to back as uh, another cage mm-hmm. match we did. 
Um, and speaking of Matthew, Matthew McFadden uh, in The Assistant, he was yeah. played Mr. Darcy in this. A um, lot, of, lot of really young actresses, probably one of the first stuff they were in. Rosamund Pike, Jenna Malone, Carrie Mulligan. I just caught up with uh, Mudbound the other day. I love Carrie Mulligan, one of my favorite actresses to work in today. Um, yeah, I love this. Yeah, I love this movie. She's incredible. She is, she is really amazing. Um, she was in this um, BBC um, like four-episode detective show a couple years ago a couple years ago called collateral which is really great mm. um but yeah like like you said i think yeah it does reflect more of the time as more um grounded version of a jane austen adaptation more so than emma i really did uh, enjoy emma i love um what's her name uh, uh anya taylor joy yeah i really love her really great movie overall but yeah you're right that the uh pride and prejudice was probably a more traditional uh, adaptation of her work but yeah still really enjoyed it um yeah, yeah. yeah. so and then have you been to to uh coachella just curious i've been four times four times last wow. time i went was 2007 i went yeah 2013 15 16 and 17 wow so what is what and then is, i go to a lot of other festivals too oh really wow so what not is, recently <laughs> <laughs> yeah what is uh so just what it summarize like what is coachella like just you just go there drop some acid and just uh <laughs> do some craziness for, well, for a weekend it's pretty much just like you can like you just kind of go and like I I'm I'm not like a really big druggy guy, yeah. um, so I just I don't I, I don't even really drink there because even though I do like uh, like I said before I like to drink it's I just kind of like to go in and experience the music because there's so much music going on on so many different stages and you can listen to anything you want to pretty much like I remember there was a time when I was listening to I had I had to split my time I I watched the Tovlo and then I ran across the field and I caught Hans Zimmer playing with his whole orchestra on another stage Holy and shit. then after that I like <laughs> ran over and I, I got to catch the end of Lord and just you know and then I went over and saw Future Islands and then I saw Joy Division um and just like all within Holy about shit. like 3 hours of each other <laughs> um so and then it's also just it's really cool just like the setup they've got all this really cool art installations and stuff you you know it's just kind of like go and you meet people and just have a fun time and i it's it's just really an experience um you know there's there's nothing really else like it you understand why people come from all over the world you know it's been 2017 was just an insanely good lineup um like a lot of the undercards were like some of my favorites you know like the avalanches and stuff all these um, smaller bands that i not small but like you know not the top of the list that i just loved to, to go see so um if you're a fan of music you know festivals are always really fun and this is kind of like the number one festival at least in america yeah yeah it's incredible wow um yeah hopefully we'll start getting more into that in the future get some yeah. people vaccinated and all that stuff yeah very cool yeah. so they think that will do it for this week's uh can i say something for derek mcduff i've been damien and we'll see you next week bye-bye